0: So our opening, I think, is something that Ari and I hold near and dear to our hearts. Oh, boy. It's a topic we've discussed amongst ourselves quite a bit. And it's getting more, you know, the trailers are out. They're talking more about it. It's coming back for its final season. So I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, Game of Thrones, the television show, isn't good.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: I, I know, y- I know that this is a yeah. podcast talking about legends in, of tomorrow, <laughs> but like I've been needing to get this off my chest since I saw some bullshit this weekend. Oh god! The Game of Thrones, and like, let me tell you something. Books, books are on thin, the books. The fucking books are ice. Nice. I. The books are okay.
1: They have their flaws, but they're engaging and character-driven, and I get frustrated. So let and- me
0: let me throw my special interest down for a moment, ladies, gentlemen. And people who identify as neither.
1: Mothers and fuckers of the jury.
0: Yes. Both of those. All three of those. My specialty is medieval fucking literature. So let me tell you a little something something about Game of Thrones. Well, mm-hmm. actually, no, because now I have a question.
1: How do yeah. you feel about, because um, he does try to work in, like, songs and folklore. Do you think he that's does, pretty, it's done I
0: accurately? I think that when he works in songs and folklore, I mean, you have to keep in mind a lot of medieval literature was a lot shorter than what Mm -hmm. we're used to because they did, I mean, like, literally, they didn't have the root. A lot of medieval literature involves things like Arthur was really popular because you can make Jesus metaphors out of it. There's a lot of Christianity in it, and people don't always think about that. What George R. R. Martin, although I see a lot of inspiration, From medieval text in his work, you would have to. He is actually looking more at Tolkien. Is it jrl Tolkien or J.R.L. Tolkien? Jolkin Tolkien. Tolkien,
1: Tolkien. Jolkin
0: Rokin Tolkien. I don't know. I'm not a nerd. He is using a more Tolkienian version of what we think medieval literature is. He's actually smart enough to go out. He's smart enough to go outside of that realm because he understands. Like Tolkien was the medieval chair at Oxford. Or Cambridge. I don't care. They're nerd schools. And he understood literature, but he took what was a very dry genre. Like if you read Beowulf, um, I think for like I when I was taking medieval literature was my teacher was like, you're putting a lot of really interesting depth into Beowulf. You might actually be putting more depth into it than the author actually did. Because Which is okay because that's the whole reader. point of adaptation yeah. and having the
1: stories passed down.
0: So let me just say that why Game of Thrones, the book series, is good is because George R. R. Martin understands the genre and he knows, and he, for the most part, is doing his best to subvert it. And this is where the show fails. Oh, yeah. The show fails because it is just another male based medieval quote unquote fantasy. If I have to see another hot take from someone who likes Danny or doesn't and doesn't like Sansa, or someone who likes Sansa but doesn't like Danny about why the other is better, I'm gonna rip their hair out. My hair doesn't deserve this. Yeah. Sansa and Danny are going to get married, and the season finale is going to be—I'm so sorry—series finale because it's fucking ending and I can die. The series finale—you know is know—they're gonna to be, do
1: spinoff after spinoff after spinoff. It's gonna be
0: them fucking on a bed that is just made of dead Jon Snows. Let me tell you something.
1: I hate John Snow. John Snow, With every like, fiber you know of my what? Being.
0: I feel like John. It could be like a young, like one of those young adult novel sorting things. You know how you're sorted like based on like what career you think you'd have or like yeah. stuff like that. Do you like Jon Snow? Do you find him interesting? This is, this is the. Likes this is
1: Snow that and- fucking AU post about, like, the dystopian future where it's separated into people who haven't read Homestuck and people who have read Homestuck.
0: God, f- write me love letters through the fence, sorry. <laughs> but. Christ! Um, the world should be separated into people who think Jon Snow is a new, sexy, interesting character and people who have read more than three books in their lives
1: who have read more than two books, frankly. And um, and
0: all that the Jon Snow world is full of is it's just a fucking school cafeteria decorated in pictures of Aragorn because you know they can't tell the difference.
1: It's a bunch of people who have only ever compared anything off. that this... Who, when something bad happens in politics, goes, this is just like that one time in Harry Potter. And it's like, that's cool. These are war crimes.
0: And also, Joanne, a war criminal? Let's yeah, discuss. at this
1: point. Okay, um, I'm really okay. glad
0: to get that off my chest. Um, yeah, and no, like, I... Again, People are probably like, who are you to criticize Game of Thrones? You like Legends of Tomorrow. I can actually you know make every a pretty Legends decent... Of Tomorrow treats its female characters with
1: respect. I can make a life. pretty
0: decent fucking argument as to why Legends of Tomorrow is a more tightly written, more focused, literally more focused show Which than the Game just... of Thrones fucking show that they throw $10 billion into. Can we take yeah. every dollar that has gone into Game of Thrones and like build schools or something?
1: Yeah. Well that's the thing, is like when you have that much money, frankly, no wonder it's a meandering mess. You are literally finding ways to spend that money.
0: What? Can you oh, believe that rich- the fucking Game of Thrones television show took what was supposed to be a semi-subversion of what we know as, you know, like Tolkieny medieval literature and just said no, now it has zombies. Like suck every dick I own.
1: It's exhausting. It's physically draining.
0: Anyway, this um, is the best opening we've ever had. Let's go into the fucking episode
1: yeah you
0: are my dad you're my dad Wookie, wookie, wookie. hey did we uh did we okay we're gonna have to okay so here's the this. thing is i actually we have... need a title for this episode
1: speaking of things that we know way too much about there was a clip in no just do the title bit because okay. is gonna be a thing
0: um piss off hemingway like piss off comma hemingway um the Mick not also... not punchy enough the Mick also rises, but we, Mick's name was in last week's title, and we don't want that to be, like, a thing. That's true. My Fair Charlie, because they did kind of try to My Fair Lady her a little bit. Which would... I really
1: wish they'd done more with that. Yeah, that was really that, fun. Yeah, that,
0: that's a thread we dropped. Uh... That's a thread they
1: definitely dropped.
0: Fuck you, Dad. Would... I think, I think, I think
1: just, um, I think doing, I think, Adab. A dab. All dads
0: are bastards.
1: Adab would be good.
0: Okay, this fucking episode of Legends of Tomorrow, sixth episode of the fourth season, called "Adab," all dads are bastards. <laughs>
1: really um,
0: proved the statement that all dads are, are bastards. bastards, especially uh, uh-huh. fucking Lance, may he rest in piss. Anyway, God. So, um, Ari, what were you thinking about?
1: Right. Okay. So here's the thing: I had the same English teacher for sophomore year of high school and senior year of high school. And one of the things that she offered in her classes was if you read James Joyce's Ulysses and James Joyce's Finnegan's Wake, you would have to take a test on them. But if you passed the test, if you got over 70, you would get a prize. I I mean, not a prize, like you would get like a hundred for the semester. So like, because I was just that kind of person, sophomore year, I said, I'm going to do that. But I didn't get the book. I got it for Christmas, and this like because I had like block scheduling, like you do in college. It was only like three weeks, and I didn't have time to read it. So I couldn't. I couldn't read it sophomore year. So, but I still had my copy of Ulysses, and I kept my copy of Ulysses. And senior year, I said, you know what? I'm gonna try again. And that was a full year course that time because it was AP. So I started it in. second half of the i started it in january and i did not finish that fucking book until april
0: i need you to understand
1: i need you to understand that i can read 300 pages of a of a, a like i can read a 500 page novel in the better part of six like four to six hours depending on the complexity of the work at hand. I am a very fast reader. I am a very, I pick up on a lot of stuff. I, you know, I'm very good at parsing text. I've been doing this for literally all of my life. Ulysses was such a goddamn slog, was such a miserable fucking attempt at just actively face-fucking me with James Joyce's linguistic fucking hellscape that I was like, okay, I can literally only do 25 pages a day of this because I am getting six hours of sleep a night. I am under constant stress of college applications and I want to fucking die. So it's 25 pages a day out of this fucking book. It took me four goddamned months to work through that fucking book. But the reason I bring this up, and I did pass the test, by the way, and I got 100 for the semester because of course I did. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because James Joyce was a member of the Lost Generation, aka the expatriates in France during the 20s, who all shacked up in Shakespeare and Company, the bookstore in Paris that is actually still around today and I would love to go and visit it one day. Oh, thank Um, you and i love the expats i i gertrude stein james joyce samuel beckett um
0: you're just listing people that didn't show up
1: yeah well that's (laughs) the
0: thing is i was like no this is because i think i know i share my ap english story
1: yes but hold on oh yeah my only my my biggest I was so excited that they were going to do the expats the second that Sarah said the lost generation I was like oh my god hell fucking us let's get Gertrude Stein in here and then they didn't I mean they did but they had mostly just Hemingway and Dolly was an abusive fuck and just a violent misogynist Dolly can suck my nut and Zelda and Scott for like four seconds i
0: literally i literally turned i i kind of hoped that maybe the show would give zelda like kind of acknowledge that zelda has never gotten her due
1: zelda has never gotten a fair shake Which in her is fucking life
0: fucking true i am a diehard zelda, zelda fitzgerald fan phil you I'm... did her i mean phil didn't actually do her like dirty but he also no didn't he didn't do, do anything
1: wrong justice. this this wasn't like the janice joplin thing where i was like so, no that's actively... I'm, I'm gonna
0: hold it against him anyway hey well, yeah and and i i literally i was talking to ari after the episode i go did zelda like have like is it noted that zelda had an accent or? no
1: she was american they all were i mean her,
0: it was a southern accent we're... yeah
1: but it wasn't like that like do we know i don't think she had an accent that thick i just think they were like i don't i don't know what the fuck they were doing but like Zelda, Zelda is Zelda Fitzgerald is such a fascinating person in her own right with her own it history. Could have been
0: her episode, quite honestly.
1: It really could have been because they could have done something. Like I really think they could have done something fun with. Frankly, if they'd done a My Fair Lady bit with Zelda turning Charlie into like a society woman, that would have been really but that. That
0: the, in and of the itself. Two Jordan seconds episode. we got of them trying to do a My Fair Lady with Charlie it was so cute. was so because you know what it shows a lot about Charlie that she's like. Fine, I'll do it, but I'm going to yeah. do it badly. Yeah. And also that, like, moment. it shows another couple things. One, Zari is the only person who still doesn't like Charlie, which is mm, the breadcrumbs, Phil, you shouldn't have. Mm. Did you know Tala said that their relationship gets – I mean, she's talking about how it's going to get worse before it gets better, and she's oh, like, boy. Maisie and I were surprised by how spicy it gets.
1: Oh, God. And I'm like,
0: I stick my leggy out real far. Well, and that's the thing that I find really interesting is that um,
1: I think certain things about Charlie and the fake dating of Nate thing. There are certain things where I know we discussed this a couple podcasts ago where like Nick is going to have to take time off to take care of his child, which is completely fair and valid. But that means there are certain points in this episode where you can tell they sort of had to take a hard left out of things they were planning on doing because suddenly he's not going to be around for the next four or five episodes. And that was definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that, like, people have asked me about the speech that Nate gives at the end of the episode, like, enjoy this while it lasts, yeah. which is like, there's a couple of ways we need to go at that speech. But before we do that, I I feel like I did promise an AP literature story, and I think yeah. we just need to, I think we need to solidify ourselves as the most insufferable podcasters oh, the of all people. time the by exchanging people. stories of ap literature literature no litter a chore did you have a stroke (laughs) or something and that's the entire episode yeah and that's it but continue i'm listening it's so we i i feel like this was like after the ap which, incidentally, I mean, like, do, do we want to just come forward and say that we both got fives on our AP literature exam? Well, the
1: fucking course I did. Come on, I got fives on every AP test I took. Have you fucking met me?
0: Okay, but... I didn't get fives on every single one. I got four on A Push, um, three on... Okay, so here's the thing, is that my mother is reading my scores my senior year, because I was in AP art. And I had gotten the award from uh, my school for my art and the collection I had made that year i'm so proud of you thank you my teacher loved my work oh. and my mom's reading my score she goes okay you got a three on gov could have studied harder and i could have i was a senior i didn't give a fuck yeah um you got a five on language and literature that's really impressive i'm really proud of you and then she goes you got a two on art what the fuck do they know
1: <laughs> i remember like, yeah
0: like like gonna fight the college board because well it's hard no, to I, did a art. Se- no, I did a horror series Ah. Uh, yeah, I did I did stuff about like the undead and the human body. And yeah, and let me tell you something. After the after the college board sent the department of health
1: oh, to God. evaluate me. And what all... did he say after he not after he got <laughs> up off the floor?
0: And yeah, no, that was one of those things where even my art teacher was like, "Well, you can never tell with the AP board, but like I think your work is great." And I'm like, "I know." But Good. um anyway, tomorrow we torch the college board. But It's one of those things where it was after the AP, and so my teacher was like, "Let's just write Hemingway parodies." Oh God! And every single Hemingway. We actually
1: did work because Doctor my uh, the doc was like that, where she was like, "No, we are doing work." So we read like a bunch of shit after the AP. I had this
0: teacher for AP Literature that like was he was he's literally like the like in his mid thirties, boyishly handsome, smart English teacher, like everybody has a crush on that's one of those things looking back where i'm like i think he was aware everyone had a crush on him and he was very polite but he never was fucking he never took it too far he never made he was never a creep about it he was never a creep about it and like god bless him yeah the bar is that low really have to like you really have to be careful even with like god bless him what a great teacher and so yeah that was that was him um, my fucking medieval literature professor at NYU was literally, he could have worked for fucking Polygon. I swear to God.
1: Oh, God.
0: But, okay, so everybody's Hemingway parodies were literally just like, I hate my friends. I hate my life. I've got like six bottles of wine in this trunk and I'm just going to get blasted.
1: Yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and so that's really how I think of Hemingway. Well, just, here's like, the thing. Women don't love me. Men don't love me. Nobody loves me, but at least I'm fucking drunk.
1: Well, to an extent, yes, but I would actually argue
0: I read because I did years. a
1: lot of expatriate research yeah. um while I was reading James Joyce and Beckett, because when I get it like I, I had to I committed so much emotional and mental energy to fucking Ulysses that I had to read read and research all this stuff. And first and foremost, the thing about Hemingway is that he was like I think a lot of writers are once you get past because This is important. This is something that was very important for me to sort of understand as a writer. So I'm going to talk about it quickly here. There are two people in an author's life. There is the person that they actually are and the things they do and the actions they take and the lives they lead. And then there is their literary persona. And that is the person that tends to be remembered after they have passed by virtue of the fact that that's all that's really left of them anymore. Um, When it comes down to it, Hemingway's literary persona was exactly like you described. Yeah, and his personal, like his actual lived experiences were. It wasn't just. I mean, yes, it was that he was so his relationship with F. Scott Fitzgerald breaks my fucking heart. Like they were, like they were like D. H. Lawrence levels of like weird latent homosexuality. Like holy fuck. Um,
0: Zelda, keep him.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, like, there's I mean, I I think at this point most people know the whole thing with uh Hemingway and Scott, uh Hemingway taking Scott to go see penises at the Louvre to get him over his dick size. Um, which is just magnificent. Like, but like where Hemingway was
0: that, do... Phil?
1: Number one, where was that? Two, like that's like Hemingway would do that for him. Hemingway taught him how to fuck his wife better. Hemingway would go finish fights that James Joyce I'm started just... in bars. Because I need you to understand that James Joyce was pretty much blind. Um, and Samuel Beckett actually wrote most of his work for him, and James Joyce would just, like, have him transcribe it, which is why they had such a contentious relationship. But James Joyce would pick fights in bars, despite being, like, this shrimpy little blind Irish dude, and then he would go running to Hemingway, who was somewhere else in the bar, hide behind Hemingway and go, deal with him, Hemingway, deal with him! And, like, deal with him! Like, that's, like, that is a direct quote. And, not, like, the fact that Hemingway then actually did that is, like, this is someone... Who, If you read up on the expatriates, he was a little older than everybody else. Everybody else was incredibly drunk all the time, but, like, a different kind of drunk than Hemingway was. So Hemingway was, like, the mom drunk. Um, He was the one who made sure everyone's keys were in their purses, metaphorically speaking. But he was also the sort of person who was, like, a bad-tempered alcoholic who was in pain all the time and eventually just killed himself because he was in chronic pain. And there's a lot to be said for the fact that like Mick and Nate are the people who sort of interact with Hemingway the most and I really wish they'd done more with that because Nate like Nate is not even really Nate but Nate's dad is looking at Hemingway and thinking this is a real man this is like but if anything Hemingway's way more like Mick and that's not necessarily a good thing um you know it's this very sort of tortured painful like masculinity at a terrible fucking chronic painful cost that the show didn't really go as deep into as i kind of wish it had because i know it can it's done stuff like that before like they sort of handled it like they had the thing with like hank being like oh you know this is what a real man is then learning like oh there's like different ways to be a real man or whatever it's like do we
0: want to talk about hank and nate now or do we want to get a couple might as well we're Um, already here i i just have a couple more thoughts to add about Hemingway yeah. and the expats because Timeless also did an expats episode. Well, oh, you know that. And their big star of the expats episode was Josephine Baker.
1: Oh. Well, cuz she's magnificent. Well,
0: really, who was really and like and this is fucking Lucy fucking outstanding moments in bisexuality. Literally fucking throwing Wyatt out a window. Like, Wyatt, shut up. I'm talking to Josephine Baker.
1: Well, cuz she was amazing. She had a fucking pet, you can have pet cheetahs. Like, she had one, her name was Chiquita, but, like, you can own cheetahs, you can train cheetahs, and I'm not saying that because I'm planning on doing it, but, like, you can domesticate cheetahs.
0: If you were planning on doing it, just so you know. Hypothetically (laughs) speaking. And she was also a real leader that legends did not really, because, like, here's the thing, is that Nate's, Josephine Baker would take one look at Nate's dad and go, I'm not doing this, and leave. She might have even been at the beginning of the the episode. Exact. She was incredible. And I'm almost kind of like, I think really it's a glad good thing she wasn't here. Yeah, definitely <laughs> for the best. You know, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's in all of our favors.
1: Josephine Baker looked at this episode and went, fuck all y'all, and like, just fucking ollied out of there. And like, you know what? Her God her bless. Ghost. I ghost. swear to God,
0: first of all, Ray going like, God, I've missed Nate so much. Do you it's think so- he can give me advice about Nora? It's like, okay. And like, so you- Nate literally <laughs> being like, I only have one husband, and his name is Michael Rory.
1: Like, And make like, my fourth husband
0: is F. Scott Fitzgerald. I'm so sorry. My fifth husband is F. Scott Fitzgerald. My fourth is Ernest Hemingway. Literature? No. (laughs) Literature. Literature. Every time we say that, you have to take a shot. So please go back to the beginning of the episode with this drinking game in mind. If you are legal drinking age. If you are legal drinking age and do not have any issues with alcohol, feel free to engage. It was a fun. It's another one of those episodes where, like, there were some really, really powerful moments, and I didn't feel like there were any throwaway. Like, Mick introducing himself as a writer
1: was it's so really nice. really
0: cute. I was so happy for him. I'm that so That was Fred. so adorable. Especially because, like, Hemingway is, just, like, you know, trying to put on the macho, and Mick is like, no, I'm a. Mick is like, one, I am 40 or 50 years old. <laughs> and I
1: do not need this.
0: And I do and not need this. The fact that
1: Hemingway is immediately like, oh, cool about him being a writer is also really cute.
0: Is just like. Oh my god! And I mean, I guess we should talk about Nate and Hank, and then we can sort of go into die. Then we can sort of go into Nate's speech at the end of the episode. Yes, because like the thing about Nate and Hank, and like we'll talk, we'll talk about Ramona and and everybody. That was really cute, and we'll talk about that. But let's get this. You know, we like to start heavy and end with everything else. Yeah, I want to sort of start at the end. Mm-hmm. which is when hank says like that's my boy and he sings the song to the minotaur which quick question what song would you sing to the minotaur um
1: i think to each is dulcinea from man of la mancha because it's short and it's very sweet and it's very easy to sing
0: i would do patient is the night from over the garden wall i kept fuck because because this thing is called tender is innate. Innate. so, so I, I have thinking had, I had patient i've had it stuck in my and it's so beautiful and it's so fitting it's such a nice, sl- like,
1: it's such a good fucking song, too. And it's perfect for this time of year. But, yeah, it's been in my head, like, all fucking, like, so,
0: forever. So, fucking so thanks I for that, you. Phil. First of all, Hank putting the emphasis on That's My Boy is me dipping my pinky in the marinara sauce on the stove and then tasting my pinky and going, mm, that's, that's trans content. That's trans, that's and trans for content, us, let my let man. Let me clarify something, which is that, um, Ari, especially, Ari will set the bar for... Trans Ari sets honestly the bar for trans content and trans writing because they are amazing and brilliant. Thank you. But really nice. I mean, when we say that like Ava and Nate are trans, no, it's not canonically confirmed in show, but we're completely free to read the characters that way and encourage it's just an other interpretation. people interpretation as well. Like I don't know if I'm now if it's if the if that image of the llama that says "Call the cops, I don't give a fuck." Oh, I have has the one with the frog adated, and a skateboard both of the oh god that's so good did you yeah, know llamas hate my dad
1: yes i love that i love that llamas hate your dad it, it fills me with such inordinate glee
0: because he is the sort of I'll person like yeah well. you
1: would animals would hate you
0: yeah and they do yeah. and <laughs> the end of the episode is the hank realizes he's been i mean here's the thing is we know that hank still has a shady project going on that is probably going to cause some kind of legend schism and to go very badly it's gonna go it's gonna go very badly but like we're starting to see the seeds planted that maybe he will have second thoughts on it or something and realize he's been a bad person
1: he's probably gonna do that thing that damien did last season where he's gonna go last minute oh this was a dumb idea and like sacrifice himself to stop the project god i'm
0: so excited for him to die yeah um even i mean that song he sang was good news everybody the gay agenda got my dad he's he's singing in a bar um (laughs) god But it's one of those things where it's like we get to the point where Hank is like, You're right. You are a valuable and good person, and you're perfect the way you are. And I'm going to be more like you because I respect you and I care about you. And that is, and I also want to bring in, because I didn't actually talk about this with Dark Adam on the show, that is a wish fulfillment thing that we get sometimes with parents, but never in this much detail. There is a lot of wish fulfillment for people who are survivors or victims of abuse on legends of tomorrow and i really love that i'm actually gonna i'm gonna give them until the end of season four before i write anything for anything about it because you know there's always a chance to throw a wrench in it
1: yeah you guys you guys cannot
0: but so far and i'm talking for three and a half seasons you know we have had the Like, let's, like, let's look at Mick. Mick, Mick fucked up really badly in a lot of ways. And he still got forgiven and understood and cared for. And he got to punch his dad in the face.
1: Yeah. And everyone, and everyone understands why he behaves the way he does. And they don't, they don't just view him as this scary monster who's lashing out for no reason. They, like, understand why he's doing what he's doing And they're, you know, they don't, they don't, like, they don't, like, let him, they don't let him harm himself or other people, but they also get where he's coming from, and they make attempts to not just help him, but understand him.
0: And again, and and Sarah and Zari are the only two people who are not desperately trying to get Mick inside them and calling him daddy, and so they are the only Uh two people he trusts.
1: I love, I love so much the little things in this episode of, like, Mick and Zari sort of, like... When she says
0: gay Perry, and Mick is like, I thought we couldn't say that.
1: Yeah, and she goes politically (laughs) Where I'm
0: like, I'm like, like... That's adorable. I'm like, is this your homophobe, McRory, gay rights activist? Yeah, <laughs> it was really cute. I, I just, it was adorable, and it's like, so we have Dark Adam is so good.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk more about. Um, honestly, I Dark Adam is like fine. I'm really in Mona and Nora are are. I'm so fucking I, cute. They're so cute. They're so like. I'm more into that. Even though I know Dark Adam's gonna happen, and I love their chemistry and shit, but, like, you know, I'm still pretty fucking gay,
0: and, like... Yeah, no, there's absolutely... I actually have... I have a... I have a prompt in my ask box that I'm excited to show you and the world. Yes. But, also because when Mona fucking pops up with Ray and she's like, or was I meant to overhear your plight? And he's like, where have you been all my life?
1: Uh, oh my god, I know. He was, he was She was like, love is the most important thing in the world. He's like, Listen, absolutely, new all, wife.
0: <laughs> Nora, Nora, Ray, and Mona all have together six hands. So make of yeah. that what you will.
1: Yeah. That if, makes it sound if like... If
0: Mona is a fan of Myth. Fun. she is absolutely ready to just slide right on into that Dark Adam relationship. Like Oh, straight like, up. Like, she is ready for that this like, is
1: someone who clearly like me, has some closets
0: like anymore, so Nick. let's so let's make a deal philip i mean here's the thing is that their that her actor is so much younger i mean she's like 10 years younger than brandon and courtney oh god <laughs> my deepest fear is brandon and courtney hearing this and being like they what she what <laughs> and then like dumping holy water on their computer and lighting it on fire and like that's, and I that's mean, thing is if you weren't we're gonna filthy. do it
1: for like the dick jokes, now isn't the time.
0: Listen, let me just tell you something. I'm looking at Mona standing next to Ray, and if you thought Ray's own wife, if <laughs> you thought Brandon Routh's own wife was small, oh god, I've got great news for you.
1: Oh god, all right, R.I.P. to her everything. Like her whole um, body I also is do gonna just be blood that, Like.
0: I would, if you are a fan, kind of shy away from calling Mona, like, their child.
1: Mmm, bad. Because, like, here's yeah. the thing.
0: Courtney, no, Courtney is not white. But they well, have that never also, talked about... also,
1: infantilization of non-white characters. Yeah, they have never yeah.
0: talked about Nora's race on the show, and so I know a lot of fans, like, don't know that. But, like, do not infantilize. Like, Mona is very cute, and she's spunky, and she's fun, and she, she's, like, Usagi if she was a little yes. older. She's like, adorable. that character type. Yes. But she is not someone like she's literally handing Nora books full of thefts.
1: Like she's, she's that's not that, a that, child. Nick just writes porn. Like she's, she's a fan of porn.
0: She's a fa- she's not a child, and so like please be aware, especially because she's Asian, like do not infantilize her like
1: that. Yeah, super not, specific she's Asian.
0: Like like infantilize her in like a, like oh she's their, their kid. Like ple like please.
1: Yeah. Like just in general, think about how you talk about characters of color, especially if you are a white fan interacting with characters of color.
0: Because I've seen enough shit about. I mean, and this is coming from someone who is. I am still seen, haunted by that goddamn Snowberry gift. That... That's exactly what we're talking about. Listen, if Snowberries hadn't been like that about Cisco, we wouldn't have this rant. But they were, and so y'all got to sit here for this. I I I. Justice I, I, I hope for they're... Cisco Ramon. I, Sexuality. I. I How dare you look at Cisco Ramon and be like, I'm going to infantilize him. I don't think he's that... How fucking dare you?
1: Honestly, where do you fucking get off?
0: Where... Can I ask you... Can I ask Where do you get off? (laughs) Honestly. But... Okay, so what... The reason I mentioned Dark Adam is because, like, the overall greater narrative thing of Dark Adam is that Nora is someone who has come from a very... Abusive background,
1: background.
0: and Ray again is like Ray did. Hey, did you know that they didn't fucking lock Nora in a in a basement with no, like yeah. Ava is like, don't hold
1: on, hold on, because
0: now that you've said it, now that you've now that you've done this, let's
1: (laughs) hold on because that's actually something where I remember that this. the 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 whole fucking trauma around Ward's suicide attempt, where I was, like, also not a good place in my life at that point, I was like, wow, that's really traumatic for you to have had all of that happen. That was really bad, and I don't even want to talk about it because of how bad it was. But the difference in, like, Nora's in prison, quote-unquote, and they're, like, li- they literally have cake and wine and hang out and talk about their feelings and read romance. Ava on.
0: learns that the way she was treating the prisoners was like giving them sparse conditions and like not talking to them and like, oh, it's not a home. It's a prison. She learns that's wrong. Yeah. And that's really good.
1: Yeah. She, and like, that's the thing is like Ava is the sort of like, you can kind of understand that this is someone who was built to be like a security rope Robot clone thing, whatever. You can understand that very empathy horny, might not
0: very horny, very horny robot, punk.
1: a really horny robot. Please but let like, her fuck. Please just let her fuck. Um, but like she, this does not come to her naturally. So it kind of, I really like that she had to learn that empathy and like to to be better about stuff like that because yeah, it makes sense that that might not be the because even like human beings don't seem capable of empathy sometimes, especially for prisoners, and that's fucked up and awful and you should still care about people even if they're in prison and these are sentient magical beings so they count as people
0: hey while we're talking about sentient magical beings what do they call he's not a werewolf what is he
1: i don't fucking i don't remember i was literally only thinking jesus god that is the worst fucking makeup i've ever seen
0: no but here's the thing he is very human looking but also acts a lot like a dog and i want to know who on the staff wants to fuck him I know, not only that, but the fact that John is like, "I'm gonna fuck the Minotaur." Oh God! I'm like, God. I'm I. I who God, f- give me who the which one of you?
1: I mean, listen, I uh, listen, all, if it's I get all of it because you,
0: you're all Spartacus. I get it.
1: Yeah, because like, if you're a Pokemon fan over the age of fifteen, like, you know, you're you're kind of you're gonna have to be a fur bag by default. But so I I'm sympathetic, but stop it. And s- stop it. Stop we it. We
0: know. They might not know.
1: But we know. We know. And, and I that don't like it. somehow
0: makes it worse. Like, we're all trapped in this. Like, I can't... Like, there's... there's I can't say anything. I can't do anything. Because then it's like, well, how do you... Please. Yeah. You trapped I mean, me thing, in hell. I'm, like, I'm like... I'm, I'm not really... Like, I have
1: hung out with a lot of furries who are, like, actual furries who, like, go to fur cons and have art that's of their fursonas. And, like, that's not me. I would say it if it was. Because one fursuits are fucking expensive and two i i just have other fandoms i'm in and like furry fandom is its own like whole ass time commitment like that is its whole fucking thing and i don't fuck with that i don't i don't i don't fucking hang out on like fa or whatever but like i know a lot of people who do and again i you're still play valid per- we
0: have nothing like it's totally valid Yeah. no furries
1: are, i again I. and remember if adjacent. you
0: see someone in a confederate or nazi fursuit they have no visibility you can take them in one you hit just fucking
1: dive tackle them like just but do unless it unless you
0: were also in a fursuit and then get someone else to do it
1: well you should take have a handler first. if you're suiting um i actually did handling for a couple people at cons one time because they literally again can't see so you have to be the human being in normal attire going no go left go left go fuck uh there's a kid in front of you stuff like that like that's a thing um my point being is yeah furry adjacent i see you fuckers stop it F- fucking stop it it's yeah gross. legends
0: legends we see you we see all of you
1: yeah um
0: i mean like someone even someone suggested they were like maybe mona has a crush on the werewolf and i'm like uh, i'm like if he was a not he, that
1: werewolf I'm like, because he's not he's, well
0: no because that's not like i don't think it's a werewolf I, it, it's something else that we cannot remember the name of right now and i apologize for that because i don't yeah. think it's like a like, a, like sometimes human, sometimes wolf. I think it's always that. Sure. I don't... Find, like, do you
1: think they remember? Do you think I remember?
0: Do you think it matters? And also, Mona clearly has a crush on the following. Ava, Nora, Ray, Gary, Mick... <laughs>
1: Yeah, like she's she's clearly
0: bless her. Also, can I just mention? I know we've complained before about the use of shipping as a word on the show. Oh, I hate it so, so much. It Ava will immediately go no shipping the prisoners because she's so fucking tired.
1: No like, shipping the
0: prisoners in my fun. lobby. Like, that's funny. That yeah, that was like you because have to she have knows another what character. What it is now because fucking Gary has ruined her life.
1: Yeah, no, I actually really love that. I love her exasperation with it, where she's like, just shut, shut, shut the fuck up about it because it's really funny and that's the only way to kind of have that reaction because otherwise you are giving me such an awful case of secondhand embarrassment i am about to crawl out of my own skin
0: listen and i know that we are also kind of talking around the idea of abused characters and we're going to continue to do so because i have another point to make yes um <laughs> Oops. um fucking the ross and rachel comment philip i will skin you and shut where the, you fuck, shut the fuck
1: up! Ross Geller is like. Here's the thing is Ross I have Geller is. I've only ever watched, is a, is a, only only ever watched the one friend. episode.
0: Simply not eat the other five.
1: Please, God in heaven! Like what? I watched one episode of Friends once while I was waiting for a job interview, and my only thought was well, I had two thoughts. My first was how are all these people friends when they clearly hate each other so fucking much, and then my second thought was oh I understand what Always Sunny is trying to make fun of now. Like it's not a good show and watching all of the friends seasons of friends on Netflix is not a substitute for having a personality every girl i met in college um sorry that was i okay. i had literally three separate roommates who watched friends At different points in my college career, and I was just like, I can't fucking take it anymore. You
0: should have played All the Way, Sunny, over it to see if it's synced up. To see if honestly,
1: I feel like it probably would have at some point. And then,
0: and then you fucking write, you fucking write them, and you're like, I cracked it, boys. I figured out what you did. And then Glenn Howard comes to your house and gives you like Glenn Howerton gives you an ice cream truck. Oh yeah,
1: I hope so. I want that. I want that ice cream truck. Um,
0: it's it's pretty. (laughs) Sorry, I just I, I said Glenn Howerton, and then I thought about how people always replace Todd Howard's photo with photos of Glenn Howerton um
1: it's what he deserves
0: no but here's my issue is that i we know legends writers we know you're nerds we know you have it in you
1: oh yeah it's that
0: kind of thing where like when cisco is in a slump about his relationship to get his attention um ralph says han shot second and cisco gets all worked up about that and i'm like no which incidentally incidentally that is such a
1: special interest thing and that's really cute to me I know that Ralph is the devil, but like getting, He's getting like, Yeah, that's something I do when I'm when I know I'm kind of depressed. I will go deliberately. I will try to goad myself into getting worked up about a special interest, or have someone else do it for me because it's a guaranteed mood pick up.
0: But it's just like it's almost like that was too broad of a thing. Like, yeah, you want to pick something to more specific. Like, like we. Uh, like, you know, it's kind of
1: rich about how everyone's calling she Raw, like, they're making fun of the original 80s She-Ra, and I'm like, yes, it was really cheap, but Lou Scheimer had five dollars, and he was doing his best, and then I devolved into this history of, uh, film and television animation in America throughout the 30s to the, the fucking 80s, and, and the history of filmation and kidvid and broadcasting, like, it goes out from there, it can't just be this one thing,
0: like, if, it if... can't, not only can it not just be this one thing, but, like, it always has to, like, the things that Ari and I say to each other to induce some kind of nerd-based Mania. trauma don't actually make sense to the a- like don't I don't no. want to say to the average person you have to be a real intellectual to understand <laughs> yeah. Rick and Morty. You have to have a genius level. Like, and like that is the perfect example. Because <laughs> it's so st- it's stupid. But that's the kind yeah. of thing, is that like when you're making I just when you make like general references that you're like, this is kind of nerdy, and the audience will understand it. Like, you've got to go deeper. You've got to yeah. get weirder. And here's the thing: is I don't fucking. Ari under- is you know actually. What? I
1: haven't seen a stair Wars, so I don't fucking care. Well, I I saw like the recent ones because I really like Ray. Ari but... is
0: still. You want to hear about nerd rage? Ari is still. still you're really gonna do fact fact this to me now? You're really gonna that the Flash. That Cisco's favorite Pokemon is Bulbasaur. Fuck! I'm. I called Ari. <sighs> it's objectively wrong. I called Ari the day of the announcement. I called them on the train. And let me tell you that the people around me were very confused as this phone call happened. I actually, I texted them first. And I feared they had gone into a coma, so I called them.
1: <laughs> I'm so. I here's the thing: is you can tell that they literally just Googled Pokemon, and Bulbasaur came up because Cosmog is the perfect choice objectively. Cosmog is the perfect. I I have a gifts. I have a gift set of all of Cisco's like the Pokemon I have for Cisco's team. I was going through that today actually because I'm doing I'm doing a, a Monotype Gym Leader team challenge. thing. How cute!
0: Crossover ship with Cisco and Mona be
1: would be really cute. It oh would my be god.
0: Them. Them and. That
1: would be really cute.
0: Because I really do love the trio of like Cisco, Felicity, Mona, and. uh... and Felicity. But like Cisco, Felicity, and Mona is also a really good trio because they also understand references. Whereas like Zari's really cute and really nerdy and like very good at hacking, but she doesn't really know pop culture because it was all banned. Yeah. Which means that they do have to, which means at some point that Cisco, Felicity, and Gary do show her Homestuck.
1: Uh, Oh, god, yeah
0: um they do show her every single cruel angel parody probably
1: really like homestuck because she probably would really like rose in
0: the the seven deadly sins redux post i did for zari one of them is getting your friend into homestuck (laughs) yeah
1: no that's really valid that being said um what was my train of thought oh my goodness um the thing about, like, because, like, yeah, I was going through the, I was going through my Pokemon teams that I had made for a bunch of TCTV characters and going, God, I'm really good at this. I make great, I agree, I, I'm really good at making Pokemon teams for characters. That's something I really pride myself on. Um, someone should hire me. Someone should, I mean, like, that's not really a job, but it's it's a talent I have where it's a good way of understanding where a character, like, who they are and what they're about. Mm-hmm. Because what six Pokemon you put on someone's team says a lot about them. But in any case, that's neither here nor there. Um, nerd Rage. I, I don't understand the fucking Han shot. Like, I, I, I've yeah, exactly. only All seen... All right,
0: we should, go, we, should, we, should yeah. go, we should go into abuse. Let's just fucking go into abuse.
1: Um. I would literally rather talk about being abused than talk about Star Wars. Although I actually did like The Last Jedi. Um, it was a really fun movie. But in any case...
0: Um... I, I, I saw the Star War when I was young, and I think I saw the prequels because my dad wanted to see them. And I don't really think, I don't think my dad, my dad is not a discerning film critic, so I think he was kind of like, yeah, that was a Star Wars. Um, I I and I do get never... very sad when I see the thing in the comics of Vader visiting Padme's grave, like her her, her whole tomb. But Come I'm all. also kind of like, you fucking did this yourself, you dumbass bitch. Yeah, this, is, is, this is a big problem. <laughs> which is incidentally what Padme's ghost said. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That oh, is, yeah. Last, Sarah last funny full. Sarah with the full Ava. company is coming. Oh, also, quick thing. ava's such a huge dork about the fact that Sarah comes to have sex with her. She is so cute. It was it so good. Crazy. I'm really glad. Also,
1: like the, the the show is just ramping up horny. Where I'm like, oh, are you guys literally having a bit where Sarah is like trying to suck Ava's dick in her fucking office for her birthday? Like, what? You sure do. You sure do. I mean, I guess, but Jesus, guys! Okay, like it was
0: so horny. So what the fuck? Let's go into the fact that Legends takes characters like Nora, who you know doesn't. She keeps saying, "I don't have a future. I don't really know where I'm going." And like number one, I'm like rich of you to say that when we know Ray is breaking her out in one to three episodes.
1: Yeah, and I think at this point Ava's gonna let her go. Like, Ava's gonna be like, no, you need to go take care of... Like, you should be with the Legends. They'll really help you. That will be really cute.
0: Oh, that would be really cute. Or maybe you can be my second girlfriend. Please? 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 <laughs> Please? How many girlfriends may I have? <laughs> Sarah? And it just, Sarah. It just cuts to Sarah with one of those fucking, like, old accountant things, putting in numbers. She's just like... An uh, oh. abacus. Jesus Christ. Not, not an abacus.
1: Oh, an ab. I, I've... A, oh, I this the, is what the, happens the, when you only know things from books the, and have the never thing that you
0: type into and it, like the receipts keep coming out an, an adding machine yes yeah, sarah typing into an adding machine and being like um like at least 20
1: yeah at least it's 20 okay Let's... i
0: only know what an abacus is because other kids had them and like one of them brought them into school to try to teach the rest of us how to add on it
1: i have and no we fucking... were
0: all too fucking stupid <laughs>
1: yeah we uh, big same
0: but i also was just like really i i didn't i
1: didn't really i have again one of those things where i've never heard it said aloud so i just pronounce it this how is it's just spelled. me
0: trying to talk around the fact that when nate started was his um dad and then sarah said nate is a good person and he's right and you're wrong i literally could not see what i was typing through my tears
1: yeah that was a lot where i was like huh
0: I used to want this
1: exact scenario to happen in my life. It is
0: some. Oh, oh, it is a, and that's the thing about Dark Adam as well. Dark Adam, and like, are you spoken about Cinderella a bit on this podcast? Yeah. The idea that you have served your time. Yeah. In this abusive situation, it's not going to color how this person thinks of you. He is going to come for you, and he is going to take you away from this, and he is going to he or she or them. They are going to love you and it's going to be okay
1: yeah and, that and is that's what dark a really adam good
0: thing is. like dark yeah. adam is that exact fantasy and neat is the idea that like all you need to do is stand up like you know your parent might be a bad parent or they might not be like the best person but you just need to stand up to them like one time and say don't and that'll me.
1: somehow fix it and that means a lot because yeah there are absolutely times where i'm like i just wish you guys wouldn't be so fucking awful and like I don't want to I don't want this to be like this. Why why? And so for Nate to get to say this is really shitty and you're treating me badly and for his dad to not then go, "Well, don't you know how hard it is for me to handle that?" Da, 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 and for him be like, "No, well you're right. I really should change my ways." is like a lot because parents don't do that in real life. Parents no, they
0: don't. parents
1: parents don't ever see anything wrong with their actions ever and it's really all about how you're the problem um and you could really just not be a problem and uh it's bad so it was really nice to see Sarah standing up for Nate because sometimes it is the sort of thing where you're in that situation you're getting denigrated they and
0: have a shot you
1: just want someone to intervene
0: and like here's the thing is that like I know why John was shrinking and like we don't really know a lot about Zari's parents Zari seems to love her parents a lot and like good for her
1: yeah but must be nice
0: Hank is yelling at Nate, and Zari and Constantine are both sitting there, and they both look so uncomfortable. And if you've been there, and you've seen the way people around you are reacting to your parent, Mm -hmm. that was such a visceral... That can in and of itself
1: almost be really painful because you're like, oh my God, they're seeing this and they're uncomfortable and they're upset and they don't know how to respond. So even as you're battening down the hatches for another knockdown, drag out fight with your parent or whatever, you're literally also then thinking, oh my God, how the fuck am I going to explain this to the people who I care about a lot who might be afraid or upset or don't understand? And are they going to blame me or are they going to want to do something that might put them, like all that shit, the worst. And here's the thing is like, the whole bit, and this is also why I really like Mona and Nora now, is that it's not even just like with Ray, where Ray saw all this bad stuff happen and loves you anyway, and that's also really good and valid, but, like, Mona wasn't here for all the stuff with her dad. Mona just thinks that Nora is the coolest fucking person in the world. Like, she says as much. She's like, you're a fucking mountain biking, time-traveling vampire witch from the future, and that is the coolest fucking thing, and I'm in love with you. And, like, that's adorable. And Nora needs somebody, because especially after she established last episode that she kind of views her magic as, like, a bad thing. So for Mona to be like, no, your magic is the coolest thing ever, and, like, you being a witch is amazing. It's so cute. It says that there's something about you worth loving, and that you can be loved outside of these horrible situations because that was something I struggled with in an abusive non-family relationship for a very long time. And was a reason I didn't leave where I was like, no one's ever going to love me and I will never find anyone who ever loves me ever again. And so I can understand that Nora might be struggling with that too. And Mona just being like hi what's up I don't know what's going on but you're amazing it's really
0: sweet there were so many points where Mona was like being so kind of encouraging and forcing everyone to bond where I was like she literally is just tiny Ray uh-huh or maybe Ray is just big Mona
1: <laughs> large Mona
0: like I, I was about to God, really they'd have a body swap that, like... episode and we wouldn't notice for like six hours until like except that Ray keeps walking into doorways because Mona is not used to that height oh, yeah oh yeah for sure. And like that of is- course Nora has known the entire time. She's like, I actually wanted to see if they themselves noticed.
1: Yeah. Cause I don't I don't know if they do. But it's the sort of thing too where I can't help but think of like when they pulled out the loot, and I'm like, oh that's not a loot. That's just the ukulele that he just played at Mick when Nick was chronos, until Mick just said, I will redeem myself if you stop playing that fucking ukulele. No,
0: Mick I- Mick ate that ukulele. That was a loot. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and was like, oh no. anyway what's the likelihood that mona's gonna show nora scooby-doo and the witch's ghost
1: that's adorable oh that's so cute um very like and that's the thing is like the fact that like nora is just at this point it's not even it's not like with that show that will not be spoken about where they just sort of threw him in a pit to die but like it's more like she's literally just sort of it actually it almost feels like having like like someone who's like been really been really mentally ill for a really long time or and maybe has tried to commit suicide or whatever it feels like a very in in informal institutionalization in that like they're taking care of her and looking after her and she's sort of under surveillance but just to make sure that she doesn't like hurt herself yeah there was a
0: line when they were all stuck in there together and mona said we can all bond and Nora goes now i know why they took my shoelaces where i was like phil that's dark
1: That's really dark. It was really, as someone who's been in that situation, I was like, that's funny. But also, Jesus. (laughs) Like, oof, man. Like, it's funny, but oof. But, um, that, like, it was, it was, it's one of the reasons, like, I really, like, I like it. It's the sort of thing where she's not there to be punished anymore. She's there to be sort of taken care of and observed until she can sort of get better. And that's a very different tone. And I really like that.
0: They had a scene in Sweet Vicious where the three main characters all hang out in Ophelia's apartment and do a sing-along to I Want to Get Better while drinking beer. So, Phil, you know what you need to do.
1: Yes. I Want to Get Better is definitely one of those songs, too, where it's like, oh, boy.
0: Um, what I'm saying is Sweet Vicious spin off with Nora and Mona.
1: Yes, that will be adorable.
0: Holy crap. Somebody give me $50,000. I've got it. You know, I no, got up to get some, any online community. I got up like, to no. get some chocolate milk, and let me tell you, every time I have chocolate milk, I'm just like, my God, this is living.
1: This is the height of luxury. <laughs> what were um, we even talking about last night?
0: I can't even. I I like that. I like recording in parts, but I do also kind of like recording in one go because
1: yeah, we only had to do it the past couple weeks because busy. Um, yeah. I mean, we kind of covered almost. The only thing I think we still really have to talk about is like the whole. No, we even talked about the Ava, Mona, and Nora bit.
0: A little um, bit. I mean, I actually would like to, because I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about maybe, like, not even Nate and Hank, but, like, legends and their view of abuse victims in general. Because today, like, um, you know how, like, right now on the new she show, She-Ra Princesses of Power, like, I Katra... haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting for you. Yeah, I've been waiting for you, but we've seen enough online to know that Katra is clearly like the antagonist, but that she and Adora still care about each other and stuff like that. And it gets Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, oh god, yeah.
0: And it's one of those things where, you know, people have said, like, okay, yeah, but give it like a week and then people are gonna start discoursing on Catra. Oh god. And let me tell you what I had to see with my own fucking face eyes. Oh
1: no! Oh no
0: So let me talk oh, a little sh- bit
1: sh- sh- Everybody just shut the fuck up about the cat lesbian. Just shut the
0: fuck up. Okay? Okay? Her name is Ava Sharp. Actually, yeah, no, Ava did declare her love of cats, and then Zari did later in the season. (laughs) Phil! (laughs) Philip i just i if anyone gets discourses about catra
1: i'm gonna have dions in front of noel stevenson's house i'm well, sorry noel but like
0: i guess we're you're... driving out there because guess fucking what bitch <laughs> i can't take it ain't anymore. no rest for the goddamn wicked oh i had a i i before we get into this because it's gonna get intense i want to mention that tumblr is now posting their like top tens and hundred, like their top tags and stuff for the year and Legends is the nineteenth top tag in live action television. Now you have to keep in mind that they scrubbed That's everything depressing. for they scrubbed everything for pornography, so like obviously it's not completely reflective because there's so much porn on this hell site. And they don't show by what margin Legends' popularity is. Like Supernatural is number one, and they don't show like how many of that? Ta- how many times that tag and also, showed up? You should versus... all be fucking ashamed because it's been like six years, and yeah. you should all
1: know better. Versus
0: supernatural. Relate. How many times legends appears versus like you know the top one hundred overall? How many times do those appear? Versus and also I trust Tumblr to do math about as much as I trust my neighbor's youngest child, and he is four. So well, I also
1: can't do math.
0: Where I've are you? Wh- are you? Are you fucking? are you walking around the room contemplating what we've done but anyway like, i'm in... a little i'm a little stressed out i'm a little i'm 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 definitely i'm definitely a little i
1: i mean here's the thing i don't want to be arrogant to be like we do this well no this isn't
0: in honor of legends being number 19 before we get into the catra the um i have i have a special poem for you ari that i'd like to share Oh, God. I met a traveler from an antique land who said she <laughs> asked... God, <stop> it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn
1: it. Okay, listen, 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 listen.
0: I, I literally mean, had Tim space. search it just to see how many times my bullshit garbage blog shows up when you search Legends of Tomorrow on... Stop, I was really frightened stop. because here's the thing. Here's the thing is like, t- like the the show,
1: the showrunners might be made aware of the fact that oh, Legends is like one of the top twenty trending tags in live action on Tumblr. That might be something they might go check out. And what are they going to go find if they go check out
0: that tag? They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna. Oh no, oh no. Uh-huh. We gotta, everybody, uh-huh. we've got to evacuate. I'm talking. Everybody, I'm talking Grab your go. I'm talking. Grab your go bag. We gotta shut it down. We gotta, we gotta shut, shut it down. The whole crowd is getting aroused. shut it down <laughs> shut it What's what's going on what happened do i need to shut it down so um to continue the po- oh i closed the poem never mind i am as man dis- as king of kings course. look upon all my work yeah. et, cetera, et cetera. nobody what's- cares
1: but di- what cat this this cat tr- no shit fuck i'll, I'll come back dis-
0: cat course tr- just get- cat course just dis- dis- you know what you're right it's dis- a lot long- dis- here's the it's thing. Just dis- cat. You do not, and here's the thing, there are plenty of characters I hate. There are plenty Uh, of characters I hate really without reason. I want everyone...
1: I'm pretty hard-pressed to come up with characters. I mean, immediately I think Oliver Queen. Yeah, Oliver Queen.
0: I want everyone to take Uh, a, a deep breath. Shut the fuck up about abuse victims. You do not have to like a character even if that character is canonically an abuse victim. But what you should not go ahead and then do is be like, They may have been a victim, but then they made other people their victims.
1: Oh, God, were they doing that with Catra? They were doing it with
0: the cat lesbian.
1: Let me put it this way. One time we were discussing, a group of classmates and I, when I was in college, we were discussing the idea of parents being able to track kids through their phones. I, an abuse victim, was like, hmm, that's incredibly ripe for exploitation by abusive parents. And without naming names, I know some friends of mine who have actually had have their parents try to do things like that and monitor their phone activity or take their phone and read their texts or abusive exes that have done similar so i was like i don't really like the idea of you being able to sort of like bug your kid's fucking phone that's not a good way to have a trustworthy relationship and people just couldn't it wasn't even just that they didn't disagree with me it's that the second that you say this could be used to abuse someone it it's almost like watching people bump it's like watching a bird bump into a glass wall and then keep continuing to bump against that fucking wall. Like, they don't understand what they're not getting. And that is the most difficult thing to deal with when it comes to talking about abuse victims, because most people who haven't been abused do not understand it and don't even understand what they don't understand like when you're when you say shit like no there's a much more complicated issue here at play and it's not so black and white is well they may have been a victim but now they've made other people victims like yes if they're john wayne fucking gacy but this isn't john wayne fucking gacy a, this
0: is a lesbian on a children's cartoon exactly Shut this up. is a stupid comic book show this is a like it's like, the, like what and, are I mean, you on about and when, that's not good either and this but is that's why and thing. here's the thing and if legends fucks this if Legends fucks us, because I'm going to praise them. Philip, I'm going to. Philip and the Legends writing staff, who are all Look lovely people, and do who not don't get, for us. who really don't get named like Phil does. Because, like, I don't want you guys to think we don't know you're there and that you're writing the episode. It's like, we, we do. Phil and is just you're the face very, of the Phil band. Phil is the Todd Howard of the band. It's, it's a face thing. It, and, his, it, yeah. and his face it's it's sure is there in my dreams and in a frame in my apartment. I think Speaking I do have a... you talk about how the horrible CGI Gideon was? Um, like, like
1: that's that why up. They, that's why they haven't been using her so they could debut that fucking. I mean, somebody sent
0: me a very that cute ask that's like, you know what, Zari is working on it, and she accidentally deleted all her progress and refuses to fucking go back to one of her old save files. That's really funny, and I'm gonna pretend that
1: that's the case. But I'm also just like, I'm sorry, this is saved Gideon. <laughs> this is, this is...
0: This is improved, Gideon. Like, I'm so what? My husband Stop died, it. and so now I've decided to try and give myself a real body so I may yell at you every day for how you let here's my husband die. Here's the thing, here's the thing. Hold on, cause this is something where I'm like, this is this is what I because
1: I've been consumed. I've consumed a lot of robot media in my life, just in general. I like robots. I really do. It's probably the autism. So here's the thing is robots are cuter when they don't have human facial features because we know like humans are designed to just interpret facial feet. like we are we read micro expressions that robotics don't have the ability to program for they just don't
0: that's why so, we think Sophia the robot that's why we're all like oh she's weird because our because yeah, we're literally like she's it, done it, it, nothing it, wrong yeah
1: but like here's the thing Sophia, is that if you're out there Small I'm on robots with cute faces are infinitely more valid baymax the the iron giant baymax again like you need just like Gideon's Amy P- Blue. Yeah, that I mean, if you're really gonna do that, you might as fucking well. Yeah, they're trying but, to like, mean, look, they look more like Amy Pemberton, and I'm like, Amy is so the pretty. For the they, don't, like, they don't even have the money for mocap. They don't. even. Here's what we do: Amy's fine, but Amy also just so make pretty, Gideon, just like a cute little like fucking make her look like fucking I uh,
0: fucking the fucking Eva from Wally. Yeah, that that that's would have that. would have been fine when when Gideon's head showed up. And Hank looked at it. I just, I I literally posted, I was like, Hank Haywood, none of you have fucked her, right? Nate, you can't prove any, you can't prove a goddamn thing, Dad, can you? Hank, <laughs>
1: that statement can't be proven or denied in the court of law.
0: And I'm getting says I have the right not to self-incriminate. I'm getting vibes from this uh, hologram. Have any of you fucked the robot? <laughs> Sorry, just yes. backing out of the room.
1: Backflips out. I do love that was they did minor thing, but they did one of my favorite tropes in these sort of scenarios where Sarah abruptly realizes that she's left the really important guest with like the most disastrous of the of the family in question oh my god like, everybody oh no, running my...
0: after them and charlie just yeah. like how the fuck did amaya do this was so yeah. delightful and it's really also, cute i love that. i loved that every time they counted people gideon would be like and i'm here i yeah. thought that was so cute because well,
1: so she hasn't really been here in the past couple of episodes so i think it was like hey new viewers we have a talking robot
0: and she, and and yes she fuck she fuck better yeah, than anyone
1: so horny okay she's just like deliriously horny all the fucking time
0: nobody fucked until Gideon said they could and now Jesus but um I actually wanted to just loop back real quick because as always it's impossible for us to stay on topic even when we're being I guess serious question mark if anything it's harder because I'm like wow you know what
1: I don't want to talk about after a 10-hour shift at work abuse (laughs) sorry I'm listening
0: I just yeah it's the thing is Is whenever people talk about characters that have been abused, you always get people who are like, hey, I'm a survivor. And like, no, survivors are not going to carte blanche agree on everything. That would be ridiculous. That's not how humanity works. Yeah. But in order to even say, like, I'm a survivor and this makes me uncomfortable, people are like, yeah, well, what happened to you? And so here is why I'm going to praise Legends. Because with characters that have been abused, you know, people... Will make up backstory to justify behavior of, like, let's say, oh, I don't know Oliver Queen. People will make shit up to justify why he is such a shit monster. But a character who has been canonically abused cannot walk two goddamn steps without someone being like, and they made another victim. You cannot allow for ambiguity in the goodness of your characters when you set them up as a victim of abuse because people don't want to like abuse victims and i know that sounds like a broad and really disappointing statement but that is just an observation from behavior and if that's something that people don't like then i hope they make an effort to change it legends has had both amaya and ray who are who were the moral centers of this show tell yeah. me that he is a good man for nora they had ava and like mona who is this Sweet, adorable person. Mona.
1: Mona is already being set up as like right. she is literally a hundred percent sunshine. You can trust her opinions on things.
0: Who are like Nora? You know, this isn't going to be forever. You know, and you not even have just that, future. but that you're a cool person,
1: and yep. that your powers are cool, and you're great. Like, not even just we forgive you for the bad stuff mm-hmm. that you did, but just you're actually really cool, and you just need some help getting to like to be your best self. That's really nice.
0: And then like with Nate, where you know, maybe Hank is not as obviously abusive as Mick's dad or Damien Dark. And, like, to some people, Damien Dark isn't even obviously abusive because he's just, like, sarcastic and he sort of changed his ways in the third season of Legends. Yeah, like, if you were
1: just watching Legends, you might not see it unless you'd also had an abusive parent.
0: So it's one of those things where, like, and then Nate is universally believed by the Legends that his dad is bad. Yeah, Legends doesn't leave room for fans to be like, "Well, I think this character is." Yeah,
1: remember the whole thing with the fucking Maynard and the fucking remember remember how all I remember about Maynard is is that he was played by Tim Decay. That was fair because you know what? That's how we ended up watching Carnival. And number one, my TV professor almost actually spit out his drink when I mentioned that I watched Carnival. And second, I see all you goddamn Clancy Brown fuckers getting into Carnival, and stop it, stop it, stop it. Yeah, that's an important
0: point that needs to to be made. no, yeah. Stop! stop. Yeah, because if you're a Clancy okay, Brown fucker, Carnival's just... gonna do things to you. But I, a known Tim Decay fucker, chef uh-huh. kiss.
1: Listen, when you have characters insinuate that someone with an abusive backstory isn't remembering it right, or is outright lying about it, that is so fucking harmful to people who have been abused and have memory problems stemming from it, and secondly, you know what sort of, like, fuel you are dumping on the discourse. Like, you can't put that shit out there because people will use it not just to be like this one abuse victim is lying but again larger societal narratives of the idea that abuse victims are lying because they don't have robotic memory fucking recall fucking recreation horse shit fucking mind palace levels of recollection about what's happened to them
0: You're so angry um, you made a Sherlock reference
1: Yeah because I was trying to cuz I didn't want to make a fucking Connor reference I was like fuck it fuck fuck Okay so who fuck. the fuck is Connor Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to talk about it. Oh my god, I'm so mad. Sorry, this is so dumb. And I'm like, I've had this conversation so many times before where I'm like, how many times in my life am I going to have to have this conversation where everyone has to learn how to give a shit about other people? I don't know how to explain to you that you should believe other people when they say they've been abused.
0: do not an Onion article that. that's just like, you should give a shit about other people? And that's it. And that is the yeah. bottom line of this conversation. When you are talking about fiction, and you say, well, maybe... It has real world consequences. It just fucking even, does. Even, like, if you don't think that people who are victims are not analyzing their own behavior over and over again to say, did I do something wrong? Did I do this? Did I do that? Like, Oh, I like, spent my
1: whole high school fucking career doing that. Oopsie. Like, like,
0: have a fucking reality check. Have a little goddamn empathy. And have a little fucking nuance. Like, no, also, I'm not listen. saying go out there and fucking empathize with serial killers. I'm not saying you no. have to like characters that do bad things i but I am saying that the larger narrative property of characters that do bad things also having been abused is a very you bad can also thing. I think
1: an important way to talk about this too is the difference between a character who's objectively done incredibly bad versus a character who's done really well like Zuko, so Zuko isn't inherently better for having resolved his like he's he He was handled by better writers. It becomes a little more different when we talk about narrative because it's like these characters are constrained by the bad writing of their narrative. They don't exist as their own independent people. They exist within the narrative. Go was given a much better narrative with better writers. It depends on if the
0: writers think abuse victims are legitimate or not.
1: Uh huh. So you can't be like you can't say well like Zuko proved that it can be done right and this is how all abuse victims in real life should get over themselves or whatever. That's not how it
0: works. And let me like they're not real people.
1: They're not real people. They're fictional
0: characters. They are what the writer imagines. And then what we as the audience choose to like choose to project. And conversely, this is where we come into the paradox of the problem.
1: Because and I know I do this all the time. We project onto them and we relate to them. And you just feel this need to stick with this character, even though their their narrative is horrible, because they just have that thing. Like, I remember I was playing Persona 5, and Goro Kechi's like, yeah, I, was, I grew up in foster care, and, Goro like, no Akechi one loved has me. Goro done and nothing
0: asterisk And gone. I was
1: like, I literally, before, I, I mean, I assumed he was the traitor, but still. But like, Well, he's the even, last one to join, so. Well, yeah. But in any case, even before that, I was like, even before I was sure, and that conversation happened, I was like, oh, son of a bitch, I'm gonna love him. Because it doesn't matter. Because the second that a character has something similar to you traumatically, at least in my case, because I spend most of my life due to whatever the fuck is wrong with my brain, relating my life and experiences in the context of fiction and works of fiction and characters I've interacted with, it can be really dangerous to have really unhealthy and shitty narratives about abuse victims, especially if you are an abuse victim who consumes media a lot, because you end up internalizing that shit, whether you mean to or not especially if you have, like, empathy, a lot of empathy, it becomes really difficult to not care about these characters to the point that maybe they don't even deserve to be cared about because then the writer doesn't and you can't change the narrative. But that's If anything, like, that's that's my message to writers. Yeah, like, that's my, that's, I guess, the thing I would want to say to writers. Like, no, these aren't real people, so fans shouldn't be treating them like how they're real people and treating them as, like, a template for real-life recovery. But at the same time, writers creating these characters have a responsibility to do these narratives better for the real people who are going to see them and project their lived experiences onto them because they are going to look at that narrative and they're going to hold it up to their own real-life experiences. And that matters. So you cannot fuck this up because this these are people who have been fucked with enough. And so like, this is like my for yeah. legends too. Don't fuck me on this. Don't guys fuck all the little you have done a really great this job of this.
0: You have made me a grown grown ass adult, I guess technically. I do pay taxes and own property and a car. You yeah. Congratulations to me, I guess. I bake a great pie. You do. You may have made me a grown adult feel more seen than I have by sort of any other narrative like this oh for sure that's kind of fun because this is like a silly comics book show i mean and yeah the reason that like nate's sort of with the time bureau even though we know that like no his dad isn't that great and stuff like that is is because of nick and his kids so like we have to give them a break there because that's not really that
1: whole bit at the end was like literally like they had to left turn into and anyway i'm leaving sorry
0: (laughs) yeah exactly and you know even in season one of legends You know, we've had a lot, there's been a lot of fighting over how this show should go behind the scenes versus someone who is very unsympathetic and hates women, and I think just kind of hates everybody, and we're not going to name names, but it is Mark Guggenheim, allegedly, (laughs) and someone and a writing staff, the face of the writing staff and a wonderful writing staff, unless you fuck fuck me on this and then my rage will be ten times as great, and a wonderful writing staff that actually have compassion. And again unless you fuck me on this
1: do not fuck me on this i swear I, to god
0: if you fuck me on this i will come to your house and like and am like am i gonna do it? no i'm just gonna come to your house and i'm gonna be really sad and i'm gonna be like you really hurt me and how yeah. the fuck are you gonna because feel about that is, when
1: legends when legends is at its worst it it just hurts me like it just... doesn't I, I still remember sometimes like certain episodes where i would i wouldn't even be angry i would just cry because i felt upset like that's not right. even like angry like Bad. i thought you were better yeah like just dis- like genuinely disappointed and sad and something i thought i could trust so please keep being a show that
0: i can trust we love you
1: yeah don't fuck me on this i swear to god
0: and also listen i know a lot of people have to leave because they had babies I'll give it another fucking year we'll have legends babies it'll be perfect we'll have franz's kid dominic's four um young adult legends children babies we we'll
1: we'll make, make our, our dreams come, come true, true.
0: Hey, should we die? God. What is that jingle from? Because I know the Little Carrivo parody it's Muppet It's it. the Muppet Babies theme. Okay. Thank you. Jesus Christ. Um, We're going to have Dominic's four young adult children. I don't actually know. I feel like he, he has three to five kids. I don't have a count.
1: I He's like um, seven. Leo
0: Routh, who is at this point, I think 18. <laughs> he's the size. He's, he's, he's like six, but he's very tall. He's. He's probably taller than I am at this point, which is not a challenge, but um, still, Leo Routh. For a four-year-old, it might be. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, yes, Leo inherited very tall genes. That's why he's going to be the tallest cast member by 2020 on Legends Babies. Who else has a kid? Franz's baby. She is bound for stardom. I love her. Put her on. Um, yeah, she's we have be, toddler she's be, Zano, be not to be confused with the new baby, who is baby Zano, who
1: who will be carried in on a palanquin because Nick is an Italian father to a little girl. Um, forget it. That kid,
0: that kid is not gonna walk on her own until she's like twelve. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, who else has kids? I, I, don't, <sighs> I don't I don't I don't know. Let's just just start and like bring in other people from other shows. Have kids. Let them come on. Yeah,
1: you know what? Fuck it. This this definitely doesn't violate any labor laws because that's why we film in Canada.
0: I mean, here's the thing. Okay, one last thing is that I love Nick Zano and we also all love Nate. So I think that it would be a great idea to have Brian David Gilbert come on and be Nate while <laughs> Nick is because you know, he already has the attitude down and him clinging yeah. to Dominic Purcell's arm and going, Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, fuck totally in character for he Nate. Got it. But Probably. it is the sort
1: of thing. Like, here's the thing: is like the character and attitude that they wrote Nate for is encapsulated, like physically in terms of like a design, by someone who looks like Brian David Gilbert, and then they cast Nick Zano. <laughs>
0: who is just a billy joel song made flesh so he's that's what not billy really joel fair. has always wanted to look like, like yeah, when italian like, american men he's think the they're handsome hero of a billy joel song yeah when italian american men are proud of themselves and they feel they look handsome they think they look like nick zano when they think oh, they're yeah, funny sure. they think like nick zano is what they all think they are uh-huh and, and then that is actually, why exactly and that's why he's no, too, no, actually no. now that we discuss it i think he might be too powerful
1: no, he's way too powerful. Someone has to nerf him, like, fast. I hate it. Can somebody please
0: nerf it. Nick Zano?
1: Please just nerf him. I oh hate Oh, my them. God.
0: Is it us? Is, is, do we? Is, is Six, it us?
1: At God in the next update, please fix Nick
0: Zano. Too powerful. Can you, like...
1: Too powerful. Don't like it.
0: Yeah, so I think next week is the fucking doll episode, which you know we'll be yodeling about. A personal call out and I'm kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. Pee Wee Herman is, is going to be on it. Pee Wee Herman's going to be on that episode. I I don't know how it happened. I don't know why the convergence is beginning. If you want me to open the gate to hell... Listen, Phil, if you want me to open the gate to hell, all you had to do was ask. It's in Penn Station. People go in there all the time because they think it's their fucking train. It's closed for repairs, so you're fine. Yeah, you're exactly. Safe. So we can't actually open the gate to hell until it's done for repair. <laughs> until
1: Amtrak gets its shit together.
0: I, I, Amt- which I guess will be never, so...
1: Yeah, no, so we're safe. The apocalypse is averted because Amtrak's never going to get shit together. You're okay. welcome.
0: So, I That's mean, safe. I guess for now, we'll just, we'll see you next week. Uh, yeah. Have a great See you next week listeners have a have a good night everybody have a good night listeners bye bye